cliffcentral.com. Hello and welcome to another In Conference with Michael Jackson right here on your favorite podcast platform. This is cliffcentral.com. And this show, In Conference with Michael Jackson, is where you get to meet the people I'm lucky enough to meet on my world of speaking at conferences all around the planet. I've just got back from traveling to Switzerland. I think I've done 190 conferences so far this year. It's like nuts. Um, My wife says, by the way, if I was better looking, I would have been unstoppable. So according to her, I'm not that successful yet. But what I do get to do is to meet an awful lot of really cool people. And that's why when Gareth and I were chatting some time ago, Mr. Cliff suggested, why don't you bring this show to the radio station with a podcast platform that's push out the people that you meet? Because they're all thought leaders, inspirational guys, motivators, successful business people, entertainers. And my guest today really fits in with all of those profiles, really, because we're privileged to have none other than South African singing legend Danny Kay joining us from his secret home studio on Skype, plugged in through several different machines and all the rest of it. And boy, does Danny Kay have a story to tell you. Let's find out as we welcome him to the show. Danny, a real joy to have you, sir. Thank you, Michael. Really great to be with you. You know what? You've done some incredible stuff in your career. I mean, I I don't think there's a person in Southern Africa, if not around the world now, who doesn't know who Danny Kay is. Um, And and you're an entertainer with a brain because you've got a BA from Vits as well, right? Um, Yeah, I uh, there was there was a long time in my career where uh, being a professional musician seemed like a a very far away dream, and like uh, you know most. Most kids with parents that are concerned about them, I was forced to to go to university uh, against my will uh, at the time, and I got an undergrad in law, and then went on to uh, to Wits Business School and uh, and did a, a mini MBA at Wits Business School, and then gave it all up to uh, enter the wild world of entertainment. Now there you go. How do you know when someone's got an MBA? They always bloody tell you. But I'm <laughs> I'm so proud of that because it was interesting. A couple of podcast episodes ago we talked to Gary Bailey, the former Man United goalkeeper, who's still a United yeah. ambassador. And his dad said to him as the Ipswich goalkeeper that his dad was at the time, "Gary, you're going to be a footballer, but my goodness, go and get yourself a business career as well." And you were grounded. I mean, as you say, it took you a long time, many years to become an overnight success. How did that happen? Oh, well, you know, Michael, when uh, when I was at school, um, you know, I was a pretty average student. My my days were consumed with studying music, trying to be a musician, trying to learn from the greats that I idolized. And, yeah, education uh, wasn't really a priority to me. I would get, you know, 40, 50 percent for, for most of my high school career. But then in matric kind of <clears throat> dawned on me that uh, I needed to pull up my socks and get into university. This this uh, just you know, this, this dream of becoming a musician was, uh, it seemed very hard to achieve. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I did pretty well in matric out of nowhere to the surprise of my parents, went to, you know, went to Vits, uh, and then Vits Business School and then started working for a big investment bank. Uh, and all of that time through those seven or eight years, I was, uh, I was really struggling, uh, you know, to try and break through into the industry. I was submitting demos to all the ma- massive record labels, getting kicked out of most of those offices. Um, and then as uh, fortuitously, as I got, or, or it was terrible timing, as I got my first job in the uh, nine to five corporate world, I was offered a record deal and faced a crossroads of, you know, what to do, follow my dreams, pursue my passion, or take the safer option. 
Um, and my boss at the time that hired me after seven or eight interviews to get into this damn job said, you know, Danny, this bank will still be a, this job will still be a, but your dream won't be if you don't go after it right now. And those were wise words by an investment banker, if I think back at it now. Um, and that's exactly <laughs> what I did. Which is incredible, really, and, and great that your, that your dad had that confidence in you as well. Um, you know, the rest, as they say, then became history. But what intrigues me now, and for people listening to this podcast who are wondering why Danny Kay is speaking and not singing, it's because something else has changed now within your life as well. And when I saw you on stage in an event that I was at in Cape Town recently, um, I watched you walk up on stage for one of the first of your speaking uh, gigs to tell your story, um, what made you decide that you wanted to tell the story rather than sing from stages, Danny? Yeah, it, it's an interesting question, Michael. What prompted me to, to kind of enter your world, you know, where, you know, you're one of the giants of this world. And I mean, I was very nervous and intimidated because while I'm very comfortable with my band behind me and singing the songs that people know, this really was, uh, you know, new territory for me. And uh, I wanted to do it because I think people didn't really know my story. You know, they kind of had heard my name, they know my songs, they think they know what I'm about. But I realized that if I gave, you know, the public a view into my journey and some of the challenges and just showed my humanity and that, you know, regardless of you know, this guy that you, you you think you may know or you see on TV, like when you hear stories of what people really had to endure and go through, um, I thought it would uh, I thought it would be A, entertaining, and B, maybe would inspire people to not give up on their dreams in their life, to, to pursue through tragedy and, and try and get, you know, get to the other side. Um, and the great thing about my talk is that I still do get to sing. So while I tell my story of my life and some of the things that I've been through and try to relay some messaging, I sing the songs that, you know, got me there along the way. So um, it's, 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 it's quite a, a unique experience for me to talk and sing for an hour. Um, and I, I'm actually really enjoying it. And it is an incredible tale. And, you know, for Danny Kay to admit that he was nervous up front, he didn't show it on stage, I must tell you. True professionals <laughs> never do. But what was intriguing was the audience response, because I was sitting amongst the audience listening and watching to their response. And I think it stopped people dead in their tracks. It's the story of your journey, the story of some personal tragedy, the stories that people can learn from, as you say. I mean, you know, here's Danny Kay, voted by Reader's Digest as one of the most trustworthy hundred public personalities in the country. He's got MTV awards under his belt he's won more awards than you can shake a stick at um and done some really incredible stuff but you know to turn it now and become a speaker i have the utmost admiration for you i think what you're doing with a very human story there's factors of entertainment built into danny k story as you'd imagine but danny you're you're opening the kimono here you're bearing your soul and it's a remarkable bloody journey that you've been on as well tell me a little bit more about it yeah, it was, it was tough, Michael. Thank you for that. You know, it was tough because um, I really had to expose myself in order to to be honest with my story. And, you know, I, I just realized that if I didn't give 100 percent of all my lows, all the times I was in tears and and and, you know, really was on the edge of hanging up my microphone. And, uh, you know, when I, I got hated on from the public or from the press and I needed to really be honest with myself and I thought only then would an audience see my humanity and say, look, you know, we're all just the same. You know, sure, some of us have, 
you know, different roles in life. Some of us are on radio, some of us are speakers, some of us are janitors. But at the end of the day, we all are human and we have similar stories of failure, success, tragedy. And, uh, and my story, I guess, incorporates all those things. So I've had some wonderful moments where I've got to, you know, win awards and share, share stages with some of the greats in, in, in the business. Um, but I've also had some terrible times, you know, the loss of my best friend, my brother, who was my manager, my partner, and what that did to not only my life, but my family's life and mm. um, me holding this public persona that I have together when, you know, and I speak about it in my talk, you know, there were cameramen at my brother's funeral while I was, you know, burying him. And I was, I was like, you know, it's, it's a very difficult thing to go through privately. And sometimes, you know, when you're a public person, it's, it's compounded that, that much more. And, um, and yeah, I, I'm, I just hope that by the end of my talk, uh, you see that, you know, we actually knew very little about Danny. Uh, we thought we knew a lot about him, but, you know, I'm showing a, a different side to what I typically expose in an interview, uh, you know, like on a top billing or something like that. This is really uh, uncut, unadulterated me. One of the things that, that really struck me from the story you were telling when I saw you in Cape Town was um, you almost signed a mega value multi-million dollar contract to become world famous. I mean, we're talking to the level of a Justin Bieber or the level of a, of a, maybe that's just the wrong, somebody saw, somebody showed me an old fashioned, um, sewing machine in an antique shop the other day and said that's still a better singer than Justin Bieber. So I, I apologize for, for, for mentioning that, but I mean, you could have been a Justin Timberlake. No, well, the, the truth is I, I did get that deal and I was signed to a very big deal. Um, and relocated to London in 2003. Uh, it really was an unprecedented deal in the South African music business. Um, and it was just as my star was rising in South Africa, the, you know, the biggest label in the world, Polydor Universal, uh, who was the label and still is to the Rolling Stones, Eminem, um, uh, Janet Jackson, and, and many others signed me. Uh, I really thought this was the beginning of huge things for me. And then to cut a long story short, 24 months later, after, you know, rubbing shoulders with the biggest and best in the international industry, I was dropped from the label, had to return home, defeated, um, and answer, you know, to the South African press, to, to, to my fans, and I guess more importantly to myself that I had lost this huge opportunity. Um, and bringing myself back from that uh, really took, you know, it really took a lot. Um, so, yeah, I, I do talk about that in the speech, but those are really difficult times. I'm sure. And, you know, let me just clarify for the benefit of people who've not seen you speak yet that, um, you know, this was through no fault of Danny's. I mean, this is not a lack of musical ability or talent because, my God, sir, you've got that in bagfuls. Um, yeah, this yeah. was a circumstance that was completely and utterly out of your control and, and didn't make any rational sense at all. Yeah, I mean, there is, you know, I think for every huge star that makes it, there are probably a thousand that were exactly like me on the international uh, scene that, you know, some unfortunate turn of events happened. In my case, it was as simple as, the guy that signed me, his name was Greg Castell, a big executive for Polydor, got in a fight with the label head, Lucian Grange. He got fired and kind of in a 
vindictive move against uh, Greg, they said the Danny K project is being dropped from the label along with your job. You both sacked. And uh, and we were both out of there pretty much as, uh, you know, in 24 hours. So. Clutching a cardboard box and a, and a lot of yeah. bitter tears, I'm sure. Um, and that's and that's exactly what happens to so many uh, so many musicians. But uh, you know, I was I, I got some perspective in the fact that most talented and there are many talented bedroom artists, talented guys that never even in their own territory get the opportunity to shine, let alone on a world stage. And I was just grateful that in little old South Africa, I had a territory, I had a fan base that loved me, and I came home and I said, look, let me nurture it. It's better to be. You know, a, a kind of a fish in some pond, then, then you know, in none. So that's exactly what I did. And part of that lesson is what you're sharing within the Danny Kay story, as you're talking about it now on corporate stages. And I think, Danny, the reason it resonates so well with business audiences everywhere is that it's human. It's as you say, it happens to people from different walks of life, from celebrities who have a letter for their surname to people who just literally act as the sales reps in various organizations or the receptionists and others. And it's this triumphs of overcoming adversity and personal problems that really resonated with me. My prediction is that Danny Kay's story is going to be one of the most widely sought after corporate presentations ever i think you've carried that magic that talent that you've got into the most human opening the kimono story i've ever heard and this is not a you magazine kiss and tell this is from the gut from the heart and it's an absolutely magnificent thing um well thank you michael i mean listen i i really appreciate that i mean i think uh i think as i said I, and I, i'm genuinely i'm not i'm not trying to be uh, uh, uh you know modest yet but this is this has been probably the toughest um, creative, emotional thing I've had to go through was writing this this keynote, um, and I thought it would be a lot easier. But I realised that without an interviewer on the other side of the, uh, you, you know, the <laughs> microphone and just standing up there alone and no audience interaction, it really is a, a, a very very difficult. Bearing your soul. I mean, I must yeah. confess, I chuckled when I first heard it. As I heard someone say to me, "Danny Kaye's going to be a speaker," and I went, "Oh yeah," and Michael Jackson's going to be a singer. Um, <laughs> But I'm bloody envious, mate, because you've cracked it. You've cracked it. Oh, it's awesome. And I, I want everyone who's running a conference to book you because I just think you're bloody magnificent. Thank you. Mike. Look, I think one of the things that I'm enjoying doing is breaking that perception of me, um, and which is why I want to, you know, and, and as you say, whether it's the CEO or the tea lady, I think we all, and, you know, I, I, I'm hoping it's a story that, that, that people can relate to. Um, and, uh, and I, I can't, I can't, I, I could never speak on anything that I didn't know. And I think that's why, um, you know, just telling my story was the most natural kind of entry into this very scary world. I absolutely love it. Speaking. Wow. Um, time is against us, Danny. I've got to give out your website, dannyk.com. How simple is that? Um, and for me to say thank you, sir, for being with us. You'll be a guest on this show again because in a year's time or less, I want to hear about how many conferences you've done. You're going to be a legend. From me, I've got to say goodbye. From Danny, I've got to say goodbye as well. But a real pleasure being with you. Thanks for listening to us. And that's the caliber of guest that you meet on In Conference with Michael Jackson. Been a pleasure being with you. Cliffcentral.com.